He is so pursuing you. He wants you to have a relationship with him. He wants to turn graves into gardens for you. And so already through the music and the lyrics and the melodies and the harmonies that we've sung, you may already be ready to go home. You can't. But, but I have no doubt that God has been speaking to you from the very moment we hit the first strum. God is pursuing you. He has something to say to you. And let me encourage you with this, Isaiah 41, the creator of the universe, the one who made it all, the one where there is no impossible with him. He says, don't be afraid for I am with you. He doesn't delegate it to somebody else. I am with you. Don't be discouraged. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you up with my righteous right hand. I say to you, do not be afraid. I am here to help you. Oh, this may be the verse you were needing to to be able to make it through. Whatever you're facing, he says, don't be afraid for the creator of the universe, the great I am, the one where there is no impossible with him. He says, I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I'm your, uh, your, your, the the one in whom you would put your hope and trust in. I will strengthen you. It's in ongoing uh, present tense. I will help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. And I say to you, don't be afraid. Again, he comes back, don't be afraid for I am here to help you. Jesus, I pray that you would bring freedom today, freedom for every person that took time to connect with you this morning. God, I pray for those that need physical healing. I pray for those who need emotional healing. I pray for those who uh, need uh, financial healing. God, I pray most of all that we would have spiritual healing this morning for those who are not yet followers of Jesus. God, I pray that today would be the day that they would cross that bridge of Jesus. And Father, for those of us that are already followers of Jesus, uh, God, I pray that if there's any area in our lives where we are afraid and we've forgotten to whom we belong, God, remind us that you are with us. You'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Get it? Good. You may be seated. One of the things that I came across this past week was an amazing say, saying, and it says this, our problem is that we tend to measure God's capacities That's not our only problem. Our problem is that we tend to measure God's capacities by hours, assuming that we're experiencing all that He is doing. Oh my word. This is so huge saying we can't measure our capacity, God's capacities by what we see because we have a God who says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Do not be afraid. I'm with you. Don't be discouraged. I'm your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you with my victorious right hand. That is our prayer driving verse for this week. So as Katie talked about the QR code that's in front of you uh, or those of you online to prayer requests, this is what we're going to pray. We're going to pray that you would not be discouraged, that you would not be afraid, that God would strengthen you, he would help you, he would hold you up with his victorious right hand, that we would not measure God's capacities by ours, but instead that we would trust that the great I am would say to us, do not be afraid, I am here to help you. What a great passage for us to do this, uh, to lead this week. If Jesus can overcome death, nothing is impossible with him. 
Whatever you are facing, if Jesus can overcome death, he's the only one who was dead and raised from the grave, never to be dead again, never to die. If he can do that, whatever you are facing, he is with you. Nothing is impossible with him. Jesus didn't empty himself just on the cross. We've talked about this. His whole life was bridging the gap to show us how to live. So often we make Jesus, we, we go to Jesus, we make him savior of our souls, but we don't look to him as the model for how to live. Jesus has invited us to cross the bridge, that we would put our hope and trust in him, that he would be our bridge, that he would be our hope. On this side of the bridge, it represents us trying to do things on ourselves. That old saying, if it's to be, it's up to me. That is the most terrible theology you could live with. And here is why. Because as long as you focus on you, you will never be enough. You and I were not designed to be the hub of our lives. You are in no one, no one else. And no political group was ever designed to take us where we need to go. Your horizontal hope is not sustainable. It is a terrible way to live life. You're always looking to put your hope in something that you can see around you. This side of the bridge is dangerous because we can get close to the bridge and we can think, I can just work my way. I can prove, improve my life. It is not about sin management. And you've heard it, heard it put this way, you'll never get enough of what you don't need. And so we've got to be careful because it's empty calories. It's this thing of trying to put our hope and trust in horizontal things, and you'll never get enough of what you don't need. You know, no one, no thing is able to help you to cross the bridge, and you're invited to cross the bridge, that you would put your hope and trust in Jesus and in Jesus alone. This is what he's calling us to do. And the, the problem that many of us have is we cross the bridge and we think, okay, good, I've got fire insurance. Okay, so true, true. Anyone who puts their hope and trust in Jesus Christ crosses the bridge of Jesus, so to speak. When you die, when you die the very instant you take your last breath, you are in the presence of God to always be with him forever and forever. And you are safe and secure. But Jesus did not call us to cross the bridge and just call it quits. He's called us into a global operation. One that is not less than the plot that you had on that side. It's way beyond that plot. You and I get to be representative of Jesus Christ. Let me put it this way. God is ready to live through you in a way uh, that is a natural extension of how he made you. Sometimes we have this fear of if I, if I decide to live a kingdom life, if I decide to enter into God's plan, then he's going to call me to move some crazy place, and I, don't, I can't do that. Listen, I want to encourage you again. God is ready to live through you in a way that is a natural extension of how he's already made you. He wants to invite you to, into a, 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 to an amazing plan that is much greater. Our purpose in life is to make the invisible presence of Jesus visible to the lives of those around us. You are the look of Jesus' face. You're the look of his eyes. You're the tone of his voice. You are the touch of his hands. You and I get to bridge the gap. That's what he's calling us to do, is to cross that bridge of relationship with Jesus Christ. And then we stand on this side, and we get to be representatives of Jesus Christ. 
And again, he's calling you to live, a live out of your natural bent and, and your makeup, the way he's made you powerful. But he wants to do this in a way that where people see Jesus Christ in you. This is our mission in every situation, every location, every relationship of life, to represent Christ's heart wherever we go. Representing Christ's heart. So I want to talk about your heart. I want to talk about my heart. I want to talk about New Cove's heart. But I want to remind you what drives us is knowing the heart of Jesus. If we're to represent Jesus Christ, we need to know his heart. So let me take you back to a passage we looked at last week. And let me give you and then some that we uh, did not have time for last week. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Matthew eleven twenty eight. This of all places speaks of Jesus' heart. And he says, come to me. All who are weary and carry heavy burdens. When he talks about who is eligible to come to him, it's those who are weary, who are worn out, who are exhausted, who are overloaded, who are overcommitted and under-resourced. Anybody with kids, he's talking to you. This is the beauty. The creator of the universe says, come to me if you are exhausted. Come to me if you're weary. Come to me if you're in over your head. Come to me if you're overcommitted and under-resourced. And he says, I will give you rest. And I want you to know, rest does not refer to a nap. Sorry. Merry Christmas. Rest does not refer to a nap. It doesn't refer to perpetual inactivity. Here's what he calls us to, to be filled with peace and perspective in order to live a life of purpose regardless of the season we find ourselves in. As long as you're on this side of eternity, we are not exempt from life's problems. I would use the word suck, but I would get in trouble. We are not exempt from sucky situations. None of us. But what Jesus Christ is calling us to do is to enter into relationship with him so that we can be filled with his peace, his perspective in order to live a life of purpose regardless. Live a life of purpose regardless. Live a life of peace and purpose regardless of whatever may come our way. How do we do that? This sounds awesome. How do we do it? Let me give you a little more from last week. Take my yoke upon you, Jesus said. Let me teach you because I'm gentle. I'm lowly. I'm humble. I'm kind at heart. We talked about that. You will find rest for your souls. You find rest for your soul means his peace comes over you and his perspective to see the big picture so that you and I focus on what matters and, and understand what's secondary and tertiary and doesn't require us uh, having battles over. He says, for my yoke is easy to bear. In other words, his yoke, we'll talk about this, his yoke is easy to bear. The burden he gives you is light. So how do we live this kind of life? We live under his yoke. And let me give you a new definition of yoke if last week didn't help. To be under the influence of the presence of God in your ordinary day-in, day-out life. His yoke is to be under his influence, not horizontal influence, but vertical influence, that you live under the influence of the presence of Jesus Christ in your ordinary day in, 
day out life. That is why he calls us to live through us in a way that is a natural extension of how he's made us in Christ. That we get filled with the presence of Jesus Christ and we get to represent him. We get to bridge the gap. He has you exactly where he wants you to be able to bridge the gap. You are a follower of Jesus. Our mission in every situation, every location is to represent Christ's heart. If this is Christ's heart, let me remind you, if he wants, if he's calling people who are weary, who are exhausted, who are overcommitted and under-resourced, who are over at a point of wanting to give up, he says, come to me, I'll give you rest, I'll give you peace and perspective. In order to live a life of purpose regardless of season, and the way I'll do that is I will fill you and you'll be under the influence of the Holy Spirit so that the presence of God in your life influences you day in and day out in your ordinary life. If that is Christ's heart and who doesn't want that, who doesn't need that, how do we do this? We have to deal with our heart. So how do we make our heart look like his heart? Matthew 22. Take your Bibles and turn to Matthew 22, and we'll look at a familiar passage, but we'll come in through the back door on it. Matthew 22, 36 to 40. Jesus is surrounded by people wanting more information from him, and they said, Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Ding, 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 ding. If you are in a final, you're facing final exams, and the professor says, This is the most important thing then the clue bell has rung. You can expect this on the final exam. Which is the most important commandment? He's speaking to the creator of the universe, the one who knows it all. And he says, which is the most important commandment in all the law of Moses, the entire of God's law? Everything can be reduced to this. And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Heart, soul, and mind do not represent rigid compartments. It's speaking, referring to the entire person. That we love God with everything we have. So how do we align our lives then to that? How do we align our lives to what, uh, to, in a way that we can love God? Well, any, at this point, there are numerous ways, but at New Cove, we have what we call pathways. And one of the most important things you can do when you go to newcovechurch.org is go to next steps, and we have a pathway for you. And the pathway is to create this environment where you can experience the presence of God. And everything, you don't have to do it all, but there are numerous ways for you to connect with Jesus so he can come convict you and guide you and encourage you and heal you and point you in the way that matters to you, that matters to him. So you look on the pathway and it talks about worship. So way to go, way to be online and way to be here where you are able to experience amazing worship and you're able to let the spirit of God speak to you through the lyrics of the songs and the prayers that are being offered, and be exposed to amazing passages. You think, oh, this is going to be my verse for the week. This is what I want. And so the whole Isaiah 41.10, that may have been all that God wanted you here for today, was to know that he said, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. I'm with you. And it's when you're reading Scripture, and you see Scripture being uh, sung 
to our church, that you engage with it and you speak to God and say, God, this is true of me and I want it to be even more true. Or God, this is not true in my life and it's convicting to hear this, but I want to align my life to you. Worship, Bible study. We have a plethora of Bible study opportunities before you and you can click on those and, and be exposed to daily, daily Bible reading. Every week we put a Bible reading plan together. We don't just throw those by happenstance. We think through them. We look through them and decide how would this help us grow closer to Jesus Christ, to be exposed to the truth and align our lives to what Scripture has to say. Secret church is an opportunity. And by the way, yes, it lasts till 1201. If you go to sleep, you are welcome for us to tap you and you can go home. Come and go. It, it will be well worth it, but I I can tell you, I've never gone to sleep. And it's just amazing teaching. And this year, it's all about what it means to have the heart of God. How do we become a follower of Jesus? And so Dr. Platt will be an extraordinary teacher. Come and go as you need. Recognize not everybody uh, can be there for the full time. But just come. Another opportunity to, to engage with that. Our Connections class is a Bible study that meets every Sunday at 11 o'clock. Here and online. Exposing you again to God's word. The if gathering. All you ladies. Oh my word. Uh, getting exposed to some amazing teaching. And to people that God has been using. Come together and encourage one another. On May 1st. Again. It can all be laid out. But you've got to do something with it. So. It says love God with everything you have. Expose yourself to things that will help you to encounter and experience the presence of God in your life. He then quickly moves to says, but a second and equally important is this, love your neighbors as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Love your neighbor as yourself. Why does Jesus mention this command? Brace yourself. Because you can't love God, you can't obey number one without number two happening. Let me put it in three different ways and you'll identify with one of them. As your love for God goes, so goes your love for others. Your love for others will be in direct proportion to your love of God. Last, your love of God or lack thereof has profound impact on your interaction with others. Love God. And when you love God, your heart becomes like Jesus' heart. And he molds you and makes you and convicts you and, and, and carves off things that don't, are not Christ-like. And then as you become like Jesus, you all of a sudden see Jesus the way Jesus sees people. So what does loving others look like? Most time it goes unseen. It's unhurried conversations. It's sitting across a table with someone with a cup of coffee and just saying... I want to know what's going on in your life. It's taking interest in people around you. 
It's about noticing the hurting. It's about serving the poor. Nothing flashy, nothing Facebook likable. It's behind the scenes. Over the last two weeks, you've been the presence of Jesus to my family. As Kevin was in critical condition, not knowing kind of where things were headed with his COVID and the prayers and the texts and the comments and the emails, you were the presence of Jesus just by taking interest in us. And we are surrounded by people who are messy. We're surrounded by people who are experiencing all kinds of things. And for you to take interest in them, it's gotten where now when I, uh, when God prompts me with somebody, I typically pray for them immediately and then make contact with them and just simply say, for whatever reason, God brought you to mind. I'm praying for you, care about you. No need to respond unless there's something you want to talk about, and I'm available I'm in your corner. Can you imagine how ineffective Jesus' ministry appeared to be except when he did miracles? I mean, he didn't do miracles every day other than a walking miracle, right? But, but, but he, it wasn't flashy. He was sitting down having meals with people, telling people stories that didn't make a lot of sense at first. He was busy irritating religious people. Then he got killed, which really looks like a ministry fail. But Jesus, he, he was present with people, and that's what he's calling us as New Cove to be. I love the way Jenny Allen puts it, who, by the way, is heading up IF conference. Notice this, so we wipe breakfast tables. We speak kindly of someone who's being criticized. We write thank you notes. We build spreadsheets. We take a stand against injustices. We make coffee. We apologize for what we said. We send encouraging emails. We hug a sobbing teenager daughter and change diapers. We reach out to a client and teach a preschooler how to tie his shoes we do all these things in a bajillion or all because God prompted us to do that. Being the bridge to focus on Jesus. And it's in practical things. Let me close with this before we do an assessment. Colossians 3.23, work willingly at whatever you do. What, whatever you do. Think about this. God's global invite is into Whatever, it's in the mundane, whatever you do. 1 Corinthians 10, 31, so whether you eat or drink, how mundane is that, eat and drink? So he says, whatever you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Found right in the middle of whatever. If we could take hold of this whatever principle it would change the way we live our lives. And it would change the lives of people whom God has placed around us if we just allowed the presence of Jesus and we were under the influence of the presence of God in the whatever moments, the mundane. Jenny Allen goes on to say, I choose to love others, taking my eyes off myself, seeing the needs of others for a change. 
which leads to my taking action to the glory of God, which leads me more and more to depending on the divine strength of God, which leads to deeper longing to worship him. So let's do an assessment. How about that? Here are the three possible answers. Flatline, weak pulse, rapid heartbeat. Flatline, weak pulse, rapid heartbeat. Let's be honest. Does our church, does our heart as a church beat with the love and compassion of the living God? Flatline, weak pulse, rapid heartbeat. Can people see our compassion? Flatline, weak pulse, rapid heartbeat. Can they feel it? Flatline, weak pulse, rapid heartbeat. Are we fulfilling God's call to lavish him and each other and our neighbors with love? Flatline, weak pulse, rapid heartbeat. Okay, I set you up, by the way. And here's how I set you up. The answer to all those questions really is how you answer for yourself. Because as you go, so goes New Cove. As I go, so goes New Cove. As I go, so goes our neighborhood. Oh, people of New Cove, our world needs Jesus. And we need to focus on being the heart and the life and the presence of him. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you have uh, that you have modeled for us what it means to love. And may we love you and may we love others because of an outgrowth of loving you. Thank you, you've given us an opportunity. May we be influenced and infused and empowered by your presence. And I praise in Jesus' name. Amen.